0: Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences, because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves, and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show.
1: Internet friends, and welcome back to another episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you the most wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Sarah, and I slept through an earthquake this morning.
0: <laughs> and I'm Lindsay, and I've been chewing crunchy gum all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's pleased.
1: Like, <laughs> crunchy flavored gum? No, like, I got sand in my gum packet, and I can't get it all out. Okay. It's better than what I thought it was going to be.
0: No, no. (laughs) This is the show where we (laughs) jump down random internet rabbit holes. We start on the same page every week on Wikipedia, and we navigate using hyperlinks within the article to a completely different article and learn something that we have never learned before. We come back together every week to share with each other and all of you. This week, we started on mantis shrimp.
1: A oh, mantis shrimp, which for anyone who doesn't know, these are the bad little asses who can literally punch, like, it's called cavitation bubbles. So they punch their arms so quick, they create a vacuum under the ocean, little tiny vacuums. They're amazing. It's like straight out of an anime. Um, and this is our wonderful patron Robbins pick this week.
0: Yeah, so Robin actually, in addition to being the person we always love, has chosen this starting page and has also chosen our question of the week. So this is a dedicated Robin episode.
1: Woo, woo, woo. Robin's question, Sarah. Ooh, it's a good one. So Robin's question this week, and if you'd like to answer, please come to our Twitter or our Instagram and give your answers post-haste. We would love to know them. Um, But her question was, if you ran into a genie, what would your third wish be? So not your first or your second. Fuck them. What's your third wish? <laughs> Lindsay? Um,
0: I always wanted to be like Eliza Thornberry and talk to animals. And I feel like <gasps> that would be a really fun one. I wish I could talk to animals. That'd be
1: a good one. I wish I could too. What about you? I could be cliche and say more wishes. But I think I'd be I don't think that's fair. I feel like that's how billionaires think. And I'm not one of them. (laughs) So I think I'd do something like good for the world. I would get rid of all the excess greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's a good one. (laughs) Unfortunately, all of our Twitter submissions were not so wholesome. And (laughs) (laughs) Robin asked such a thought-provoking question that we got like a ton of responses, and I can't I can't name all of them, so I'm going to give you some of my favorite ones, um, okay. particularly the ones that made me laugh out loud. So, Michelle Gunchizer, our Twitch affiliate, immediately said for a $100 Taco Bell gift card, which was very <laughs> modest. I don't know why, why not a thousand dollars. Or just endless Taco Bell. Yeah, just really selling. Michelle would sell her <laughs> third wish for $100. Jimmy, <laughs> <Genie. laughs> unlimited power. Um, our user Tombis said, I would wish that Drew was an Argonian. <laughs> Turn Drew into an Argonian. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember the last episode or several episodes ago, the lusty Argonian maid.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: and that was excellent probably the worst response i got i'm just gonna read it as a as a quote user white tip (laughs) or dad revenue says (laughs) quote that their lamp looked like a sex toy so that they get to come out and grant wishes more often that's altruism people you may not like it but that's the only altruistic answer
1: that's actually that's it's kind of reciprocal altruism other people get more wishes and they get to come outside more yeah very nice okay that's very nice
0: dad revenue you easily win most creative answer that i received on twitter.com that's
1: amazing
0: you may have noticed that drew is not here today it is just me and Sarah in this ultra spooky episode, and it's going to be ultra spooky because the topic that I have prepared is maybe maybe I manifested Drew not being here because this is such a Sarah topic that I want the full it... Sarah
1: attention. It is going to be so good. I am very, very excited. I feel very guilty now, though, because my topic is not spooky in the slightest, um, oh, no. but it is funny. okay
0: we can do funny
1: okay and it's very american
0: but sarah like okay sarah like skeletons jack-o'-lanterns like what do these things have in common they're all smiling they are all
1: smiling laughing
0: this is why spooky things are the happiest things
1: i mean it's all smiles the whole holiday (laughs) they are so where did you end up from mantis shrimp From Mantis Shrimp,
0: I somehow got to the Tower of Silence.
1: Ooh. I feel like this is a torture device. Um, could be, but (laughs) it's not, but could be. Like, sell that to Hollywood, because that would kind of be amazing. (laughs) Where did you go? Um, I ended up on noodling. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) your dog no no for anyone who doesn't know we call miss lucy the noodle and we say that she's noodling when she's um rolling around no noodling as in the highly competitive sport fishing oh my god i don't have you heard of it before no oh it's gonna blow your bloody mind it's incredible okay
0: okay i don't even know where to start like
1: which one should we we do first Let's start spooky and end on noodling because you're going to get a good laugh. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I'll bring everyone (laughs) down and then you end on a high note. Yeah, it's like a little emotional roller coaster we got going on.
0: If you would like your own personal emotional roller coaster, hop on over to our Patreon. It is super easy to subscribe. We also really hate ads in general. So we put our ad-free episodes available at the lowest tier possible that Patreon would let us. So if you want to subscribe just to ad-free episodes, it's like a cool $3 a month. You wouldn't even notice if that was gone. I'm promising you because I lose it all the time you uh could have your own episode for i think our middle tier like robin has done but best of all we have designed our own stickers and they have just come in we have sent them out some of them are holographic don't want to brag hop on over to twitter or discord if you want to get a sneak peek just come hang out with us also come hang out with us because drew's not here we're really lonely right now um okay (laughs) tower of silence you yeah, know i'm talking about how lonely we are it's tower of silence
1: <laughs> it, anyway here's wonderwall can i guess what it is please i'm just thinking like the tower of london that there was a tower that they would stick people in if they were too noisy oh okay am i it... am i really off you're kind of right on the
0: money. The only issue okay. is that the people in the Tower of Silence are already dead.
1: Ooh! <gasps> Spooky. Okay, I love it.
0: <laughs> Getting right into it, a Tower of Silence, also called a Dakma, is a place Dakma. or a palace of excarnation. Oh my
1: goodness, this is like divination. N- no, actually. feels <laughs> like it. No.
0: it sounds like like such a mystical word um excarnation is another word for a sky burial does
1: that sound familiar no but i like it the idea this this is really cool because we've talked a lot about burials in general spooky kooky um okay yeah how do you get buried in the
0: sky (laughs) Yeah, right, like we've talked about corpse trains, we've talked about like what It's like Green Eggs and Ham. Like you can have it on a train, you can have it in the sky. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, they are a, they are actually super fucking ancient. So some the first sky burials have been recorded in Herodotus, who is like an ancient Greek philosopher, um, fifth century B.C.E. So super wow. super thousands of years ago. But the actual towers themselves, towers of silence are first recorded in written tomes i guess in the 9th century ce so still the 800s okay. so still super ancient and they're a attribute or i guess like part of the tradition of zoroastrianism which is a religion that i was not familiar with have you ever heard of
1: zoroastrianism no no is it uh is it like a breed of abrahamic religions or is it completely different I think it's extremely
0: similar, but older. Okay. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, it's I think like it's very popular in Iran, for example, in the Middle East. Ooh, and it okay. also similar to the Abrahamic religions, it hits really hard the dualistic good and evil. And it follows the teachings of Zoroaster. And it's funny because I think I was like destined to learn about this because I kept falling on Zoroastrian topics. Like pretty much every episode, I end up like consciously trying to move away from it but like everything fascinating has to do with this religion um, but I'm still not really an expert it's kind of intimidating how much stuff there is it's an intimidating topic to cover so I'm not even going to try but I did notice that Zoroaster also has another interpretation of his name that's Zarathustra and Ooh. I don't know if that sounds familiar but Nietzsche wrote a book that was called Thus Spake Z- Thus Spake Zarathustra so it, it was like a nod to him. It's not exactly okay. about Zoroaster, but it's um, at least that's how it was familiar to me, like in Western culture. But anyway, it this is like a whole tangent to say Zoroastrianism is an extremely old faith. And this tradition is also extremely old. But what it is, is a column, basically like a, a tower that you would see on a palace And the idea is that you would take your dead to the top of this cylinder and align them in like a ring or a pattern. And it was like the men are all on the outside. Women are all in the middle. And unfortunately, children do pass away. So children are in the center circle. And then in the very, very, very center, there is a well or a pit where all the bones would go. So you would leave the bodies exposed. (laughs) Sarah's face right now is so funny. I wish you could see this. (laughs) Confused and horror and
1: excited all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I just got where you're... So they would let scavengers, like yes. vultures and you, birds you have of exactly, prey, do their work?
0: Exactly piece it together. Exactly. Wow. So a, a vulture or a bird of prey, they can do the job in a matter of minutes. It is actually the most efficient way to get rid of a body.
1: Wow, these serial killers that keep getting caught for dumping bodies in rivers—they need to learn a thing or two. Yeah, just get or not. Vultures. They need to just not exist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this that kind makes of... sense though, because if you go if you go out to like the desert, you very very rarely see anything dead that is not already skeletal.
0: Yes, I mean it's between the dogs and the birds or like wild dogs. That's yeah. kind of the idea. And that's why these were kind of raised platforms was so it wasn't just that like you wouldn't have, you know, detritus strewn about it was, you know, a little bit more organized and contained and like the birds can come get them. And so what would happen is they would expose these bodies to the elements. And then as the sun would bleach the bones, they would, you- very very few people were allowed actually in these towers because the idea was in especially ancient society it becomes kind of a public health hazard you don't want your dead
1: we've talked about plagues and and the spreading from dead bodies before yeah
0: yeah yeah so it was it became like a ritualistic religious taboo but i believe it sprang up from like a very practical place of do not go near dead bodies don't let dead bodies near the water kind of a thing so very few people were actually allowed in these towers and they would be kind of the keepers of these bodies and so they would wait very few like pallbearers i guess is how we would call them in english would wait and put the bones in the middle put lime on them like the the chemical yeah yeah And the rainwater would filter the broken down bits down through coal and sand. And eventually the bits would wash out to sea. So it was just like a very natural disposal of bodies.
1: That's amazing. And it's giving back to the world. Like you're letting the matter that was a person just redistribute the world, which is nice.
0: in, in that same way, it kind of begs the question, well, why not just get it done quickly with uh, cremation, for example? Mm. And to me, the most interesting aspect of this religion was that earth, water and fire were considered sacred and they couldn't taint them with bodies. So it had to be mm-hmm. elevated off the ground to preserve the earth. I guess eventually it washes out to the water, but okay. Can't be near the water and can't pollute the fire. So they worshipped fire in specific fire temples, for example. Right. So this the the idea of cremation was was sacrilegious to them. So the only thing left yeah. was air. <laughs> that's the only element left. <laughs> Give it to air.
1: Wow. And how yeah. tall would these towers be?
0: From I didn't see a direct measurement, but from pictures it kind of seemed like a two-story building or higher i don't think they wow. would be massive but they were definitely like two stories off the ground some of the lower ones i saw
1: that's
0: still they are they are pretty big they're actually beautiful that's why i stopped on the article was like the wiki article at least in english is kind of a cutaway view or a top-down view and it's just this very neat circle with like a couple more um smaller pillars, I guess, that are for like staircases and stuff off of them. It's just a very neat design. And it's, it's got such an appealing name, like a tower of silence just sounds so beautiful and haunting all at once. And it just really captured my imagination. Yeah. So the idea of using a tower of silence or the practice of excarnation kind of strikes us as unusual or I don't want to say spooky, but it's kind of a almost a taboo in our culture as well to think of things this way. And at first I was wondering if that was just our Western bend. But it actually turns out that even in Iran, this has largely fallen out of fashion. But I thought it was interesting why. So I wrote down the top three reasons Towers of Silence are not in fashion anymore. Ooh. <laughs> uh, number one. Well, this one's a boring one. They were put in remote areas. practical
1: well, it's hard to get your bodies out there, right? Well, is it actually a transport issue
0: The opposite became true, which is that the cities got big, so the cities oh. got larger and larger, and now all of a sudden you've got towers of silence in your city, in your looking city. out oh you don't want to look out your apartment window and there's just you know lines of people just (laughs) rotting in the sun not a good idea so
1: no that's one reason your property value would
0: drop (laughs) number two this one is for you sarah the 1800s started a medical school well, a medical school was started in, in uh, Iran in the 1800s, and in the practice of Islam, so different religion, it was considered very sacrilegious, in fact, considered mutilation to dissect mm. a body.
1: Yes. Yeah, because in Islam, you need to be buried within X amount of hours. Autopsies are a no-no unless, like, ordered by a court. Uh, and really? I didn't, clean. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think similar- so similar in some other religions as well is that you want to avoid disrupting the body at all costs if you can
0: i think christianity may like parts of very strict christianity may be like that too that everything needs to be exactly intact so that when jesus makes everyone rise from the dead there's no problems whatsoever
1: (laughs) smooth sailing (laughs) so many problems (laughs) smooth sailing
0: Taylor, when Jesus brings me back to life, I wanna make sure I am in tip top shape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean the tip top. Those those Egyptians with their brains removed, they're not gonna have a good time. They're not they did not think ahead. They did not no. think
0: ahead about that, about Jesus rising them from the dead. Well, no yeah,
1: some it, which gets in the way of like modern health and safety city codes where i think some most places in the western world you have to be embalmed or if you're not embalmed you have to be buried in a very specific type of coffin to prevent the leakage
0: yeah because like it can the be, it seeping can be a into major the watershed
1: help. yeah yes. yeah major no, you're completely concerns right.
0: parts of the united states in the south have this issue because when there are major hurricanes like in louisiana <sighs> it floods the yeah yeah the old cemeteries exactly so yeah you've got like you know graves literally rising up from the earth because of the flood water or you know breaking open it's it's gruesome
1: yeah i kind of i like this idea though i think it's very very nice like giving back to the world which is nice but also like a lot less kind of waste i do humans to deal with as well it keeps and you a don't very take up land
0: clothes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Also kind of the vertical structure keeps things nice and neat and out of the way. And I agree. It's it's a very nice way to keep things um in the cycle, you know, in this kind of circle of life. Because I also do think that the embalming is very bad for the environment, even though it's a public health issue. Um you're mm. still putting chemicals like toxic Somehow chemicals into them. the earth. Yeah, <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> No, no. But in the 1800s, this medical school needed to operate, needed to be a medical school. So they stole a lot
1: of the bodies. (gasps) Oh, these are my favorite types of stories of how (laughs) traditional medical schools got their cadavers. Because all of a sudden, so Western societies are taking over with it trained medical professionals who no longer got folk healers which we've chatted about in another episode but to train people you have to have enough bodies for people to train on and so the history of this is fascinating especially in england some shady shit happened for, for the med schools <laughs> to get their bodies um and grave robbing was like common back in the day exactly. like people would grave rob you would get money from it some, it was, some, like, funeral homes would turn a blind eye. Yeah. It, it was a lucrative business, and,
0: you know, mm-hmm. I had only heard of it just like you are, you know, in this story. Like, I had only heard of what you're describing in in England, and I had not even thought of, like, Iran, for example, or parts of the Middle East, and what grave robbing might look like in these different societies. And sure, if you've got a bunch Tower of robbers- bodies, <laughs> Yeah. Towers of bodies out in the open. Great place to steal some cadavers. So that became a big issue for people who just wanted to lay, especially because these areas were so sacred that people, not just anyone was allowed in. So, you know, kind of like our cemeteries today, you obviously wouldn't want people digging around in them. So that was reason number two. Reason number three was, again, a very practical one, that it was actually in 1970, extremely recently, I ran outlawed ritual exposure.
1: Ooh.
0: How come? I don't know if it was just that it had become a bit out of fashion or if it was becoming, you know, again, the growing cities part of the problem. I don't know exactly why, but I do know that there were different factions of different religions kind of all arguing with each other at this time. And the ones who came out on top was, um, from tehran i don't remember what what religion um it was but they had said that cemeteries could reach a compromise where if you had a zoroastrian person who wanted to be buried well you know you can't pollute the earth because the earth is sacred so they would actually have extremely concrete thick lined graves top and bottom and so oh. in that way at least the body is not touching the earth directly but the concrete and that was that was kind of the agreement that everybody came to
1: wow okay so at least at, at least it's still kind of respecting the original sentiment of the idea yes
0: yeah like the article had said that it kind of fell out of fashion with more and more i guess like modern uh, practitioners so i don't know Yay. Yeah. I don't know really what fell off there. I don't know why it became less popular. I don't know if other religions were louder.
1: And I feel like modern, modern day we're a bit sensitive. Like if we saw a a falcon or a vulture flying off with somebody's body part. Yeah. It would traumatize a lot of people.
0: I, yeah, I think I would be very, um, shaken. I would not be okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I freak out when
0: I see a dead bird on the sidewalk like (laughs) yeah me too
1: yeah compared to back hundreds thousands of years ago where seeing a dead body was more common and less less culturally shocking I guess
0: that's true yeah we are very um shielded in that way we're very sheltered from death in our society
1: yeah for sure
0: but that's that's all I have on towers of silence. Short and sweet and spooky.
1: I love it. I love it so much. I think that's fascinating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would love to visit one. Really, really cool. There are loads that are
1: still standing. I would love really? to see one one day. Yeah. Are they like heritage listed so you can go and go and have a little look around? But I did see, preserved. I,
0: I don't know how many are open to the public. I saw kind of mixed reports that some of them are not, but other ones will let in small tours. So I don't know how many of them are open to tourism, but I don't know that they're allowed to operate anymore. So I don't know if it's kind of just like a sacred ground that they tried to keep kind of private or what. Yeah. I think everywhere is just a little bit different, but it'll be all over our Twitter. Um, If you guys want to search the hashtag for this episode number, there, you know, there are so many different ones depending on what parts of the middle east you're in um there's different styles different
1: heights like we were talking about um so it's cool to look at yeah i also like the idea of the the old-fashioned fire temples i think it'd be amazing to see any remnants of them left over like that i feel like that's a religion i could i'm not and for anyone who has not gathered i'm not religious um (laughs) But if you were going to take me to a fire temple, maybe I could be swayed. <laughs> like... There's maybe
0: something in that fire temple for everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you a, are you ready to go to noodling? Yeah, let's see. Let's <laughs> just totally okay. switch
0: gears. Let's.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna jump from talking about. Lovely death rituals to now the ritual of catching a fish with your body. (laughs) All right. So you haven't heard of noodling before, have you, Lindsay? Literally not at all. Okay, okay. So this might fascinate you as well, but as an Australian, where this does not happen in Australia... I thought this was fascinating, and again, I was—I I had to click on it because it's the verb that we use to describe our dog, Miss Noodle. Um, so, for anyone like me and Lindsay who were a bit unsure of what the hell noodling is, here is a very Drew-worthy def- definition of the topic. Okay, we got it. Okay, <laughs> noodling is fishing for catfish using one's bare hands or body. Short and sweet definition. You're just going fishing with your body parts.
0: <laughs> do you, so do you, like, hug it really hard? No. No. Oh,
1: my God. So catfish like to live in, like, little – not not like caves, but little digouts along, along okay. the embankments of rivers or creeks. And so – they have their own little dig out little hole and you basically stick your arm in there. You wait for it to bite your arm. It sucks no. on and then you pull it out and you have a fish attached to your arm.
0: No, 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 Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, you would yeah. not pay me
1: enough to do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Some Is people try to do it with their legs. And the bottom no. half of their body, and get their friends to pull them back up. it's dangerous, like you should not do that, and if you do are teeth you're... yeah, I don't think they're oh, very no. sharp teeth, but they do have teeth
0: no no no, no, no,
1: no, it's fine it i mean it does I don't think it does much damage because they're just they're little catfishy um but yeah, so it's super popular in the south of the United States. Um, and it was actually first used by Native Americans and the first documentation of it was from the British, uh, I've written invaders or you can say settlers, whatever you would like. Um, but yeah, basically when the British started to colonize the United States, there's a lot of written records about what they witnessed um, the indigenous people of the land doing and that's caring for the land, using the land. Um, and one of these ways was fishing for catfish with their hands and it's super super productive because you're able to figure out if a catfish is in the hole and then pretty much get it immediately and catfish are really big as well so you're getting a really good feed from just at a little what bit of cost?
0: effort oh my god no
1: i don't think anyone's lost a hand people have died though trying because it can be dangerous um, okay But yeah, so what actually annoyed me a little bit was that there was no mention, so of course I do off-roading. We all do every week on our on our topics. And when I was doing some more reading, Wikipedia did not mention the the Native Americans at all and attributed to this. So your girl did some work and put in the right citations and put it added it to the Wikipedia page. I love that, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to unwhitewash the internet one step at a time beautiful thank you for your contribution (laughs) so um noodling once would have and especially back back in the day would have just been used to catch a fish because you wanted to eat it right you were hungry Mm. this is a way to get food well now it is classified as an extreme fishing event oh god okay (laughs) okay there are enormous, like massive noodling tournaments, they're called. Not, not even just a competition, it's a tournament around the United States. And one of the most famous is something called the Oki Noodling Tournament. You ever heard of this? <laughs> no. No, but I would <laughs> love to
0: have a trophy that says, Oki okay, Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Oki oh, Noodle.
1: They are, they are really serious about their tournament. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's held sorry. in uh, Oklahoma, and like any sport, there has to be a few rules in place, right? Okay. So I've got the list of rules for you. Thank you. Okay. Here we are. They're, they're all on their website in bold capital letters, as well, <laughs> just to set the scene of what I found. So Oklahoma fish only, in Oklahoma waters only. So you could only have caught the fish in Oklahoma, and it had to be from a waterway originating in Oklahoma. I guess you can't just bring you can't go to Louisiana and catch a fish and bring it across the borders. You know, not not good. So basically, that fish has to have their ID on them; otherwise, you're like all
0: that (laughs) needs a driver's
1: license. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and so. The reason they say this is because they have, so the tournament begins where from 12 noon, people can come and check in the fish that they've caught over the past weekend. So they can bring, and the fish has to be alive. So they had to have caught it in a very, very recent, so within a day or two, they bring it in, and get it weighed, it uh, all okay. has to be living as well. So noodlers can only pick and check in one fish. So they can catch multiple, but they can only enter one fish into the tournament. Got you. Otherwise, it would be chaos, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, the next rule, I was like, what the fuck does this mean? It just says, no stringer competition. Big fish only. Exclamation mark.
0: What does that mean?
1: What the hell does that mean? So, I googled it. Uh, I watched a 10-minute video to try to figure out what the (laughs) hell that meant um and apparently stringing is is a thing that you can do to a fish so I watched a step by step guide um and it's when you grab a piece of rope with a giant metal spike on the end and while your hand is in the fish you thread it through its gills and you kind of do a special oh! tie so you're basically you're putting it on a line so then you can have more control mm. of the fish okay um, yeah so But the that ruins, the spirit...
0: Okay. That's ruins the spirit okay that's not the same as hands only yes like no tools and then like you said it has to yes. like suck on your arm and it's like you're not yeah. letting it do that if you're roping it
1: okay yeah this exactly
0: really reminds me of thimble tickle when they tied the giant <laughs> squid to the tree i thought that was gonna be where this rule goes is like do not tie your catfish to the, the tree
1: <laughs> it mean, needs to be said it to a tree yeah but yeah no That's tying using tools. of catfish Um. So, shout out to a company called Adrenaline Rush Noodling, who I learnt this (laughs) from a YouTube video that they were in. Um, and I was like, oh, they seem like this guy seems like a really nice guy. I wonder how much it would be to actually go noodling. Um, and so the day rates for a noodle um adventure is about three hundred dollars for the first guest, or you can do a five hundred dollar day for two people. So, a steal. A steal for a day of noodling. Um, Go ask and, Alice, and I say Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be very, like, not safe, very hillbilly. That's the vibes I was getting, but I was wrong. Um, this company is run by two men who sound really, really sweet. So both of them have a background and bachelor's in education. And so... Their whole company is built around educating people on how to, like, be sustainable with fishing, how to noodle safely, all this stuff. I love that. That was very sweet. Yeah.
0: We love you noodlers. That's so sweet.
1: (laughs) So, back to the rules. All fish must be caught within 36 hours of the deadline. All fish must be alive. Now. There's a reason why the fish have to be alive. And it's to do with people um, cheating and catching a fish and freezing it. Or, you know, yeah. So this comes down to the final rule. In massive, bold, bigger bold than the other rules, everyone who enters this tournament is subject to a polygraph test at the game warden's uh, inspection. Oh my god. I just dropped my microphone. Oh my god. How American is that? Wait, you does the to fish agree have to be to alive? Because the,
0: wait, is the fish also taking the polygraph test? Because that <laughs> does not explain why the fish has to be alive. <laughs> no, no, no. So, Do you know this man? Did you meet this man within 36 hours? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Did he put a string on you? (laughs) (laughs) The poor fish just getting absolutely annihilated with interrogation. (laughs) No, but apparently they legit strap the people up to a lie detector if they think they're cheating. And so cheating can come in the form of um, you caught the fish outside Oklahoma, you caught the fish you know weeks ago and you've been storing it in your bathtub or something like that um <laughs> or you've caught the fish it, it, this is why you have to have a living fish because back in the ye old days people would just catch a giant ass fish freeze it and wait for the tournament to, to, right. to turn it in yeah and so i was like man for them to have like a polygraph test they must have had like massive scandals
0: Or, like, fights.
1: Like, I bet they, they like, needed something
0: conclusive to break up fights about it.
1: Yeah. Which is ironic, because polygraphs are not conclusive or reliable. Why they're not allowed in evidence in most states. But... But don't tell them that. I was like... (laughs) Don't tell them that. That
0: is the only way they are keeping peace at the noodling. Do (laughs) do not. You would would fuck up noodling forever if you told them that.
1: I would. I would. So, shh. We won't tell them that. Um... (laughs) So I was like, okay, I want to try to find some headlines of some of, like, the the most scandalous <gasps> Noodle Fest things I, oh, that have happened. Oh, bless you. Fuck yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to disappoint you. I actually couldn't find any crazy stories on the internet about the Noodle Fest itself. But I did find one that I wanted to end on because I think it's really funny.
0: Yes, I was going to go down this rabbit hole as soon as we hung up. I was going to go look myself,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for doing this. Okay. Okay, so it seems the rules have, yeah, displayed that they they have, like, uh, not encouraged cheating, so there haven't been any, like, major breaking stories in the last decade or so, but I did find this headline. So the headline reads, Oklahoma man says Bigfoot made him kill his fishing partner police say <laughs> yeah are you ready okay we're gonna read it to you okay, a day okay? out fishing <laughs> a day out fishing for catfish on the south canadian river in Pon- Ponotok county oklahoma has turned into a murder investigation after a man claims that bigfoot forced him to kill his friend
0: <laughs> bigfoot had him at gunpoint like what does that mean yeah. <laughs>
1: Larry, 53, stands charged with first degree murder after allegedly attempting to first... allegedly attempting to first family member and later police... oh, after allegedly admitting, sorry, this is me not being able to read, after allegedly admitting to first a family member and then later to police of killing his noodling fishing partner, Jimmy, who Sanders claimed wanted him dead by the hand of the mythological monster, Bigfoot. So, he thinks Bigfoot made him do it. So, noodling is a popular fishing technique used in the southern United States. And it's, this is the article describing, you, you know, one sticks a hand down the fish's mouth. The local sheriff told media uh, that Sanders, the the man who killed his fishing partner, appeared to be under the influence of something when he told the police he had struck, strangled, and then uh, drowned his fishing partner. Oh, my God. Yeah. So his statement says that this man had summoned Bigfoot to come and kill him. The man who's dead. So (laughs) the statement from the man who's alive says, yeah, my friend summoned Bigfoot and asked it to kill him. And so that's why, obviously, he had to kill. He had to kill this man, Jimmy. Holy shit.
0: I could not. Sat on a mountaintop for ten thousand years. I could not invent this plot. I would not have invented noodling for one. I would never have come up with that. So amazing, amazing that that exists in this world, that this this universe that we live in. Amazing. Two, would never have thought that you could summon Bigfoot on purpose. I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of Bigfoot being a cryptid. Is if you could just summon him on purpose. <laughs> kind of goes against a lot of the properties of bigfoot i've come to understand yeah yeah this is unbelievable
1: i know this man is he had a wild weekend so this poor guy jimmy though who died they didn't find his body for a couple for at least a day afterwards because it had like washed away down some rapids um but they, they did find it and they did find his body um, and now they're a bit confused about how to proceed because they have a confession, so they can they can charge him and they should get a conviction fairly easily. But obviously the confession is a little bit loony, so yeah. there's there's a possibility that he could plead different ways. Um but yeah, and that the police finished up by saying you have to still prove all the elements of the crime and what the suspect is telling you. You have to prove that that's actually what happened, which obviously you can't because Bigfoot is not real. So
0: That's the point. That's the fine point on
1: it. That's the the crux. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my topic. Beware of noodling because your (laughs) fishing partner might see Bigfoot and try to kill you. Do not mix Bigfoot and noodling.
0: No. Almost always ends it. in death. Not a good idea. Also probably don't take bath salts before noodling. <laughs> yeah, definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably what happened.
1: No. Yeah. So that, sarah that's my segment. I, I love really how that it. was
0: like so funny and still dark at the same time. Like <laughs> you're like let's end on a
1: high note and then you're like a man was murdered. Like <laughs> <laughs> i'm very sorry to the man who was murdered but the choice of friends was not good but if you're gonna bad.
0: go if you're gonna go at least go out with the rumor that you know how to summon bigfoot
1: yeah that's yeah, it's a good legacy to leave
0: behind <laughs> yeah, like very mysterious <laughs> that should be in the wiki article yeah, yeah. there should be like an like additional links below and it's like ties to bigfoot sarah that was easily one of my favorite segments i know it was short and sweet <laughs> but that was easily one of the favorite things i have learned on this show
1: <laughs> oh i'm so glad i it's think yours really... was for me though i think sky sky towers or sky burials the tower of silence is so cool so
0: peaceful so natural it's so
1: yeah It's really, really beautiful in a sense. I really like it. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's going to be so
0: hard when we do the Rabbit Hole Rewind for the year because I have a lot of favorites to choose from. It's going to be really hard. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm not going to bother you with all of the pitches to hang out with us because we already said it. You already know where we are. You know that our Twitter is Go Ask Alice Pod. You know that our Instagram is Go Ask Alice Podcast. Like we don't need to keep saying it, but go to Go Ask Alice Pod or Go Ask Alice Podcast. I think the most I want to say right now is thank you to Robin so much for existing. Thank you for supporting our show. This episode is all for you. Hopefully you like death. Because we've got a lot of it here. <laughs> 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 Fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all there is to say. We love Robin. We love Robin. Be your head. He sets the clock and walks away.